All right, welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. I have my man Frankie Floridia from Strong Island Rescue. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Joe? How are you? I'm doing all right. Hey, just make sure you get the microphone a little bit closer. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, there we go. All right. Up close and personal. Yeah, Sounds man. great. I'm glad to have you on, man. I love what you do. I love the fact that, you know, obviously you love animals. Absolutely. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man, watching your videos and what you do, not everyone can do it. No, it's a... Right? Yeah, it's an acquired taste. Yeah, so tell us how you started rescuing animals. What, you know, what age were you? Where, you know, where were you? How did this thing all start happening? Well, I grew up in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, and my mom was an animal rescuer in the community there. And uh, I grew up watching her, her love for animals, her compassion... Uh, was instilled in me as a child, and uh, it it just grew with me as as I got older. When when you say the rescuing, I mean you're out there. There's a deer stuck in a fence, or a cat stuck on a fence, you know, or a horse in a ditch. That's rescue. I'm not, you know, was your mother out in the community rescuing animals, or was she, you know, just when I mean rescuing, have them and adopting them, and then giving them to another home? Yeah, she was doing mostly the intake, the TNR, the trap neuter release of the, of the feral cats, and. You know, the stray dogs, you know, finding them, you know, socializing them and getting them adopted. But if an animal did come in or hit by a car or something, she was out there chasing the dog down, finding the dog, hiding somewhere after it was hit. So she did do the the rescues, but not to the uh, extent that I do. So tell me about that, though, growing up. So you were, you know, with a lot of animals. What were some of your favorite pets growing up that you had? Oh, well, you know, just domestics at the time. Um, I, we had, you know, dogs, cats, parrots, you know, stuff like that. So tell us, though, what, you know, how did it just click, though? So you, your mom's rescuing. She's, you know, taking in them, like you said, doing the intake type thing. How did it turn into cops calling Frankie Floridia, you know, from Long Island Rescue? Oh, Strong Island, I'm sorry. How is it that that then started? Okay, so I always had the passion and the, and the love for the animals. Um, when my mom passed away of cancer in, in 2006, um, I knew I wanted to do something that would make her proud, something that uh, would, would carry on her legacy. And to me, you know, the, the regular parts of animal rescue weren't as fun and, and high adrenaline rush that I'm used to or that I like. I'm, I'm an avid, uh, you know, I love cars, I love fast cars, I, I love, I'm an, I'm an adrenaline junkie, you know? so. Um, to me, getting involved in these things and, and using my coordination and, and my skills to help these animals turn into a you know huge bonus. So, so how, you said your mom passed away of cancer. What type of cancer did she have? She had lung cancer. Did she have it for a while? Did it go quick? My mom died of pancreatic cancer. That's why I'm asking. Okay. You. Yeah. No. Uh, within a year, we found out it was stage four already, and um, it's a wild ride. You know. Yeah, I know. So you weren't doing, and, and I, I'm sorry for that. So you weren't doing any real rescues at that point. Yeah. You know, so you, what were you doing? Well, at that point, I was, uh, I, I was selling mortgages. We, you know, I, I stockbroker. I, I you, oh, know, you sound like Joe Cozo. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. So continue, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, but I always had my mom to fall back on if I saw a cat hit by a car or I, I found a, a litter of kittens. I called my mom, and, and she would still take them in and nurse them back to health, get them adopted, and you know, give them a home and and give them proper care. So, um, when she passed, I was like, wow, you know. Who's my go-to? Who am I going to bring these animals to? Plus, she left a lot of animals behind. Uh, she would go to kill shelters and pull animals out. So uh, when she left, I took on these animals. And at first, I was like, how am I going to do this? And then it just snapped. I was like, I got this. Tell us about the kill shelters. What is that all about? Tell us, you know, because, you know, you hear about that, and it's so sad because you see dogs, you, you, you're there, and all of a sudden, 
you know, next thing you know, they're gone and nobody adopted them, which is, it's it's horrendous. But how does that all work there? Well, what happens is there's a lot of uh, backyard breeders. There's a lot of people just, you know, uh, breeding dogs just to make money and, and then giving them to people without doing home checks and, and the animals end up um, unsocialized in a crate for a year. And then the people say, I can't do this anymore. And they give them to shelters or they just let the dogs go or or the, they move to a condominium where they don't accept that type of breed. And these dogs go into the shelters and they overpopulate the shelters. At that point, uh, it, it becomes overwhelming to the shelters. They have no room to store all these animals. They have no uh, assets to get them out. You know, they're, they're having people come in and train them and try to find them homes, but it's just overwhelming to them. And at that point, they have to make room and they start a numbers list. So your, ma, your mother would go into one of these shelters, right? These killed shelters, and she would say, what? Give me the list of dogs or cats that are on the list, and then she would take them back to the house? Yeah. How many animals, or pets, should I say, domestic pets, do you think at one time the most that you've had at your mom's place? Oh, my mom had a, um, had property in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, she's had 15 dogs, you know, that she was taking in, socializing, and adopting out. And, and it would be a revolving door. Two left, she went and got two more. Like, she was able to handle it and and, and get it done. But how was, she, how was she able to afford that, if you don't mind me asking? That seems like a lot. I have two German Shepherds, right? Right. And I feed them a raw diet. And I probably spend more money on food for the two dogs than I do for me and my girlfriend and my daughter when she's around, you know, than I do, you know, for humans. Right. So to have 15 dogs... And yeah. then whatever else, domestic cats or whatever else your mom probably had at the time, how how does she able to afford that? It's funny. Um, my mom grew up in, in Manhattan Beach. Her, my grandfather owned a lot of property in Coney Island. So they took care of my mom, especially when she had um, you know cancer going on. So she ran a lot of their businesses. She did all the books for them. Um, so she was you know making money with the family at the same time. So. Okay, so it, was, it wasn't that she was getting anything from the state no. or anything like that. This no. is all out of the goodness of her heart. Yes, that's right. All right, so tell us how then, so then your mom passes and then you decide, are you still in, you know, are you still off the island at that point or are you living here on Long Island? I'm still in Long Island at that point. Okay, so you are, I'm saying you are on Long Island. Yes. Okay, so, so what was the first thing you did? Did you have to, you know, start a business like this, a rescue? Did you have to get an LLC? Did you say, hey, listen, we got to get some property or we have to, do, you know, get some available space for all these animals how does that start well what happened was um so i was taking care of my mom's animals uh which by that time they, they had uh dwindled down there was there's was probably like six of them um but i ended up getting involved with an organization that um had that goes out and does these type of rescues that if someone leaves a dog out in the cold they would knock on the door and and i, I learned you know from them what i do now um it, do, do, when you see people leaving dogs on a leash you get there i'm sure i'm you know you, you probably have countless stories well, well actually why don't you tell us a story do you ever see a dog that's just left on a leash and is skinny and looks like hasn't ate, you know eaten in maybe a week or so you get things like that absolutely absolutely see now it, the laws have gotten a little stricter on that in the last few years but when i first got involved I mean, we would have to knock on doors. People would give us the runaround. That's not my dog. Nah, it's, it's some, you know, the other person that lives here. He's not home. You know, they would always play that game. And um, we used to cut dogs off the chains, take them away. Oh, it's not your dog. You don't mind if we take it then, right? And, and they would be like, no, nah, take it. Go ahead. Like, they really didn't care. They had the dogs there for uh, an alarm system. They had the dogs there for um, status quo. They, they just... Uh, 
they didn't feed the dogs, they didn't care for the dogs, they, they bred the dogs, they would say, oh, you want to come stud my dog out? Like, this is what was going on. But the laws have gotten a little stricter, and um, it does help us a lot more now that the, these laws, there's no, you know, you're not allowed to leave a dog out after 30, uh, 32 degrees. You're not allowed to have them tethered, you know, for a certain amount of time. So What's tethered mean? Uh, on a leash. Okay. You can't just put them on a leash and put them outside your house and leave them there for five hours. It's against the law. So you, you have to look at human beings almost as, you know, a, a, to me, if, if I go there and I, and I see this human being and doing this to an animal, it changes my whole view of this person. How do you do it? How do you not like get into a rage and start cursing out these people? How are you doing this? What are you doing to these dogs, these animals? Like, you know, that's got to really, it's got to put, you know, it's got to put like an emphasis on you and bring you down in some way. So Joe, it's funny you say that. Um, you're an attorney, so you know that if I went there and, and the old me would, you know, punch this guy right square in his face. You know, I see him abusing an animal, I'm, I'm gonna throw a little something at him. But how many times am I gonna get away with that? How many times is the judge gonna, you know, the judge gonna have sympathy on me? Okay, I see what you did. If I do it 10 times and I end up going to jail, who's gonna save those dogs then? Yep. So. I have to be a chameleon. I have to go up to these people and be like, I understand, listen, how about we work it out like this? And I have to use my sales skills that I've developed over the years and get the dog to a safe place. And that's how I win, getting the dog safe. It's not about seeing this guy get what he deserves. He'll, he'll get his karma, but I have to, my goal is to get the dog safe. That's it. Is there a method that you have to use? Because so many people are afraid of animals, right? There's so right. many people, and I used to be afraid of dogs up until maybe, say, 15, 20 years ago. I was, you know, I wouldn't go up to a strange dog. Here you are, strange dog. Uh, probably a lot of them are pit bulls, I would assume, too, right? On this, you know, on this leash or, in, you know, in this whatever, maybe dump, lake, whatever it is, and now here you are, do you get nervous approaching these dogs or is there a method that you've developed over time that you allow yourself or allow these dogs to you know, let you get close to them? My mom used to say this all the time and I truly believe it. Either you have it or you don't when it comes to an animal. It's not really a technique. The animals can sense if you're there to help or if you're a danger. You ever hear somebody say, if my dog don't like you, I don't like you? Um, I've had, let's say, let's just call it on the short. I've rescued 2,500. I've been around 2,500 rescue dogs, which is definite. I've had two that didn't like me. And, and the one that did bite me was in the car kissing me two hours later. So oh, what kind of dog was it? It was a pit bull. It came from a, um, from a fighting ring out in Shirley. Oh, so have you dealt with a lot of fighting dogs? Yes, when I was with the other organization that I was with, uh, we used to deal with you know, going in with the towns and, and, and getting the dogs that came out of the fighting rings and, and all that stuff. Explain, we, explain that whole process. Like, you know, when you get there, like explain what's going on and, you know, what you're seeing when you see these dog fighting rings. How does that all work out? So, so these dogs are kept in deplorable conditions. They're starved. They're trained. They're on treadmills. They, they have choke collars on. Um, the, the people um, train them and abuse them to attack other animals and... You know, they have a high prey drive and it's just, it's, it's horrible to see that these dogs are so loyal and will do what these people push them to do. And, um, you know, they don't want to fight. They don't want to do that. So, so when you go in there, then how many dogs do you see, you know, and, and how do you get these dogs and where do you bring them to then? Uh, well, we've, when I was working with the other organization, we, we would take the dogs in, we would socialize them, we would bring them to... Uh, the training classes, we would, you know, give them love, give them attention, and, and try to break them of this bad, you know, method of 
learning that they've they've acquired, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. Try to get a little closer to the mic so we sure. can hear. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So so you you doing this now, is this is this a business that's profitable for you? Absolutely not. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, does it you know, do you get any assistance from the state? Uh, we do not. Nothing. Nothing. This is all out of your heart? This is all out of the heart. It's amazing that you do that. Really, I, I, I have to I have to exp- I, I have to say that. So take me to again, you, you we were talking about dogs and you know approaching them. Give me an instance that it didn't go right. Like, you know what, you said before there was two dogs that didn't like you. Explain, you know, give us uh, some details about that. Well, um, one time I was transporting a dog. Um, it was going to a, a facility to get some training. It came from a fighting situation. And um, I put the lead on the dog. I took her out. And um, I guess she was used to going for the gloves that are usually on the people to be trained. And she went right for my arm. She locked on. What kind of dog was it? She was a little pit bull. And she locked on my arm, and there was uh, there was no getting her off. She she just shook and held on. I probably had her on my arm for about five minutes until we can finally wedge something underneath to get a little release. How, what was going through your mind at that situation? I I was calm at that point. Like it it, it was locked on. It wasn't really uh, the damage wasn't getting any worse. It, the pain wasn't any worse. It was the first initial minute. I was like, oh no, but I was like, all right, let's just get her off without. Explain that pain though. I mean, here's a pit bull. Yeah. Locked on, latched onto your forearm. Yeah. Right? And you don't have anything else. I mean, did you have a short sleeve shirt on? Uh, I had a sweatshirt on. Sweatshirt on, yeah. okay. And it's locked on. Is it breaking the skin to teeth? Oh, yeah. It was in. And 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 that's got to be crucial, you know, excruciating pain when it's that jaw and those teeth are locked into your bone like that, no? Yeah. And I was actually talking to the dog, like looking at her. And she's like almost like wagging her tail, not realizing this is the way she was trained. Like she didn't want to hurt me. This this is what she did with her old owner. And and. He rewarded her for this. Yeah, oh, I kinda, understand what you're saying. It was kind of crazy. And then how did you get the dog off? You had to do what? We ended up um, opening up her mouth a little bit with um, with one of those, you know, break sticks, they call it. Um, and then she, um, I, I ended up showing her some food and she let go. So, Oh, really? You had yeah. to show some food and stuff? I mean, you, there's no command that you were trying to do to let go? She would not let go she at all? She would not let go. I, I mean, the, the, it was like a little piece of wood that we were just like trying to put under her tooth so it would alleviate you know the pressure on my arm and you know it wasn't really moving her jaw much you you must have privy to this question you know uh to these situations because they're underground is there still a lot of dog fighting here on long island is there things that people just don't even realize are happening absolutely um and it used to be you know you can see the traffic in front of the house you would know what was going on they were loud now they do it all around a, a, a you know cameras webs they they all gamble online. They put the money online. Nobody nobody even has to be there. It can be three people doing a dog fight, and the whole web community is watching. Oh, are you? I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So it's basically basically a virtual dog fighting event. Yes. That they're betting. Yep. How do you know? How did you, how did you, how do you know about that? I get tips from people, and we hear things all the time. And we, do people do that now because they know about Strong Island Rescue that they'll give you, they'll call you up just for something like that? Hey, listen, I think there's dog fighting going on. It you know, oh, we in get, this, yeah, we get tips for stuff all the time. People tell me about people abusing their dogs, hitting their dogs. They get videos. They, they I mean, it's it's crazy. How do you how do you do? What do you do from there then? Do you call the cops? Do you go there by yourself? Do you have a team with you? It depends. It depends. Some most of the times we, we give the tips to the SPCA and to the cops, and um, you know certain situations we know that we don't have the authority to, to handle. But there are things that sometimes there's not enough evidence, and we try to get the evidence for the cops to, to give them more of a stronger case. And 
you know, you have to have, obviously, like I said, you have to have like a, a huge heart to do this. I mean, it's it's amazing, again, what you do. I love animals, but, you know, to see like a wild deer, right, that right. is not a domesticated animal. Now, we're not talking about a dog. We're not talking about a cat. This is an animal that is doesn't have that much, um, you know, it doesn't have a lot of being around human beings at all. But you... You'll go right up to that deer and you will, without any fear, and you'll rescue it. I mean, we have videos. Eric, if we could pull up that video. Um, we'll let, you know, I guess the, the first one was a cat, right? That's the, let's, let's look at that video. That's the one that was, and you said that's been going viral, that was attached to the fence. Tell us a little bit about that first. Okay, so um, the cat was attached to a fence. Um, we got a call from, from the police department and somebody else had also written into us on the page and said that they were allergic to the cat and they, they didn't want to hurt the cat getting it off the fence. Please get here as soon as possible. I put it in my GPS. I was 1.4 miles away. It took me four minutes to get there. So now you have the cops. They're calling you, hey, Frankie, we need your help. They won't, they, they'd rather you go there than even themselves. Well, they, they did show up on this rescue and they did assist me. They did an amazing job. I mean, um, I love working alongside them. It, I'm honored to, it was, it was a great situation. Do you ever think about, before we play this video here, did you ever think about, okay, this, oh, this is the, um, which one is this here? This is, I don't know if this is the fence one. I believe this is the inside edition. Yes. Okay, we'll watch that for a second too. But do you ever, Say to yourself, you know what? Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll ask if I could get, you know, on their payroll with the cops. Maybe you know it's something that you know. Do you ever think about that? You're doing all of this work. I never thought about that, Joe. But I did think about like, um, I have a couple deals going with local fire departments where you know they'll accept this as a volunteer as the fire department, and we'll get you know the benefits of having you know that putting a light on the car, being able to rush to a scene, and. Oh, that helps. Yeah. Obviously, and, and, yeah. Right, and, and be part of the fire department, uh, a division, a separate division of the fire department. All right, here, let's watch this video okay. here. Before we put it on, explain what we're going to see here. So this is the... Um, Just make sure you're talking to the mic. This is basically like the greatest hits of uh, Strong Island. Um, Inside Edition did that segment on us like a year ago. How do they... And what do they do? They... They came to you, or do you go to them and say, uh, hey, listen, I'm doing something here on the island? Or is it word of mouth that got to them, and then they came yeah, to you? Yeah, they came to us. We, we don't even have time to uh, go to people and do things like that. They, what, what do you mean you don't even have time? Are you that busy rescuing animals all day long? All day long, Joe. All day long. My, my partner and myself, I mean, it goes from one rescue to another. Um, she's constantly handling, you know, trap neuter releases. She's calling me about uh, deer on the fence. We're, I'm out doing this. She's out doing that. We both meet up and, and, and do another rescue together. I mean, we are just on the work is unbelievable. All right, here, let's watch this. Let's see what okay. we got here. Wild animal rescues in the suburbs. A deer caught in a net. A raccoon with a jar stuck on its head. I got him. When got animals him. are in distress, Frank Floridia of Long Island, New York, rushes to the rescue. Anybody that knows me knows that I can be sitting down in the party or sitting down out to eat, and that phone goes off, it's like the bat signal. Um, it's time to go. Here's Frankie of Strong Island Animal Rescue hanging off the top of a roof to rescue a pet iguana. Come on, guy. A kitten gets stuck in a drain pipe. Frankie pulls it out. Oh my freaking God, he's so loud! I got him. And when animals get jars stuck on their heads, Frankie is there to pull them off. Like this raccoon up in a tree. He snags it and gets the can off. And sets it free. 
Okay. He's free. Check out this deer. It had a pretzel jar stuck on its head for five days. It would soon die, not being able to drink or eat. He quickly grabs the deer, gets the jar off, and lets him go. It's off, it's off. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. He spoke to our Lisa Guerrero. All right, if you want to stop that for a second, Eric. Animals are getting their heads stuck in these containers. So tell me right there, we just saw that deer. Right. That's you jumping on top of that deer? Yes. Is that something that is, um, and we're done with that video, Eric. Is that something that is just instinct? Like Absolutely. You just, you know, because I, I mean, I'm looking at that deer. I'm thinking that it'll kick me in the chest, right? That I'm going to get hurt in some way or whatnot. Is that something, you know, what is what goes through your mind when that's happening? Well, I'll just tell you what somebody else said to me at, at that situation. They said, there's something wrong in your brain. I said, why? They said, if somebody sees a truck coming at them, they step out of the way to like you stepped in. <laughs> um, Did you get hurt doing that? I had a little bump on my lip, no big deal. Yeah. Um, to me, it was a life or death situation. I knew that if that deer made it past me, it's already been five days. There were so many attempts for people trying to catch this deer, they, they were not successful. Um, I had the one opportunity and I took it. There was no way I was turning back. Tell me about the feeling of gratification after you do something like that. That's gotta be something else, right? Oh, it's amazing. It's a high adrenaline rush. It was just a, a great feeling inside and it was just, I, I knew that uh, I gave that animal another chance at life. So when, when you get these calls, right, and they say, you know, a deer has got some pretzel jar stuck on its head or the cat or there's a horse that's, you know, in a trench or, you know, somebody, there's an animal out, out at sea and you got to go out and get it, whatever it is, are you already plotting and thinking about how you're going to approach this animal as you're driving to the scene? Is there like a mechanism or a, a way that you do things that, you know, okay, I got to make sure this, this animal might be, you know, very, you know, aggressive. Is there an approach or is it just, you know, once you get there, it's just a, a light switch that goes off and bam. Yeah, on the way there, it's just, you know, I'm playing rock and roll music. I'm, I'm in a different mindset and I get there and, and the, like you said, the switch just goes on. Okay, it's time to time to get this done. Time to rock and roll. Get, I want to talk about some animals here that I am curious that you've been around and, you know, some people might get the wrong, you know, idea about. Like a raccoon, so okay. to speak, right? Yeah. So you rescued, I'm, I'm sure... Quite a few raccoons. Absolutely. Is is that an animal that people should be afraid of? Uh, sure. If you don't know what you're doing, it, it can be an aggressive animal. Um, usually they're scared or protecting their, their young. They, they will lash out. But for the most part, um, they want to get away from people as much as the people want to get away from it. How many raccoons are there? Is there because, you know, they're nighttime animals. You don't really get to see them. But, you're you know, you're on the scene. Is there an abundance of raccoons on the island? Absolutely, yes. They're they're in every neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, right. They're, yeah, they're in every. I mean, they come out at night, right? And they're just yeah, yep. all over the place. Yeah. Do you uh, do you ever get worried about getting rabies? I have my rabies vaccine, Joe. Okay, so you if you get bit, it's no big deal. No big deal. Nothing yeah. at all. Right. And okay, what other animals? So by, by the way, just just for the record, there hasn't been a case of uh, of rabies from raccoons on Long Island in a very very long time. Really? Yeah. What about a deer? Are they aggressive? Uh, deer are not aggressive. They, they're, they're animals of flight. They want to just get away from you. What about possums? 
Possums are awesome. They don't bother anybody. They just, they might look scary. They open their mouth, but they are such a good animal. They just want to eat ticks and, and, and stay away from people. They want nothing to do with us. They don't want to bother us. They don't want to bite us. They just want to be left alone. And, and what are some of the animals that you, you know, when, when you got the call, you're like, oh man, this one's going to be a tough one. Like some incident, in, incidents that you were like, oh man, this, is, this may not be a good one. I mean, I don't really, uh, the, a tough one was a, a, a deer with the uh, paint can on its head in the sound. That was a tough one, but um, I didn't know how I was going to handle that because it was cold. Um, but most of the time... Do you, ever get, do you ever get calls with, you know, exotic animals that people that are not allowed to have that all of a sudden you get to the house and there's like a, you know, a, a, a certain cat that's not domesticated or like, you know, maybe even a tiger or a lion or anything like that. We, we've been involved in situations like that. I do know a few people who had a cougar and I do know, you know, stuff like that. And how do you deal with that? How do you get there and, and talk like and, 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 you know, manage that situation? It's all about communication and, and, and talking, right? It's all about um, the person doing the right thing for the animal and, and finding the right place for the animal to go and, and, you know, Making it so everybody's happy in that situation. So, 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 talk to me more about this whole non-for-profit type of thing. What else do you do? Like, how do you make your money? So, I, I like to um, find old cars and um, fix them up and sell them. Like, I, I, I love. The, I have a good eye for uh, older vehicles and uh, specialty vehicles. So, I like doing that. Um, for a while, I was doing some loan modifications and. Mortgages and stuff like that. I have, you know, pretty good sales skills with that. But for the most part, that's uh, basically what it is. That's some life. I got to tell you. So here you are, right? You're working on cars, which you love to do. Yep. Right? And, you know, you're fixing them up. You're selling them. You're making a profit. And then as you're doing that, you're just waiting for that phone to ring. And then that's where the juice is. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that's a, good, that's a great life. You're, you're dealing with animals all day long that you love. Right. And you love cars. Love I mean, it. it doesn't get any better than the, that. Some people say, you know, listen, man, money makes happiness. Without money, you know, you're not happy. But here you are. I mean, as soon as I saw you, this is the first time that we met in person. You were on the show one time before. I mean, you're a happy guy. You're smiling. You're in a good mood. And yet here you are. You, I mean, I I don't know how much if you're making a killing on the cars, but you're not making any money and with, with the other half of your life, which is the animals but it's bringing you joy. Explain that to us. Well, you know, um, I used to hear two things from my parents. Uh, number one, you know, it doesn't matter what you want to do, just be the best at it. doesn't matter what it is. And number two was money can't buy you happiness. You know, um, if you can just get by and, and, and have a great life, it's not even like working. It's, I mean, I don't even feel like I'm working doing this. When I, when someone, when I get a call, I'm not like, oh, it's overtime. I mean, it sure is, but I don't feel like that. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go save the animal. To me, it's not like, oh, this is work. I wish someone else would do it. Like, I'm ready. You're the guy. Yeah. If go. you're not going to do it, like you said before, if you're not going to do it, then who? there's nobody else that is going to do it. That's right. You get calls late at night? I do, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, phone is on my chest. Really? Absolutely. I'd be a little nervous about that with the whole radiation thing on the chest. <laughs> I would. I would be a little nervous about that. But here, this is you want to you want that call. I do. And I'm if ready. you don't make that call, then that animal's life might be at risk. Right, we're on call twenty four seven. Eric, can you get that one with the cat that's on the fence? Can we play that next? I want to see that one. You said this is one of the latest videos, and it's gone viral. Yes. This one and the cat that is on the fence. Yes. Before we play that one, tell us a little bit about that. How did you got the call, and what were they saying? Uh, so we got the call. The, the homeowner was 
allergic to cats. She was afraid that if she took the cat off the fence that it would further hurt the cat. The and, homeowner yes. is allergic to the cat. Yes, it wasn't her cat. It was, oh, okay, okay. The she, she looked outside and saw a cat on her fence. So she called us and she called the police. How did she get her, how did, did, she, did you ask her, hey, how did you know about me? How did you get my number? Uh, social media, I'm sure. You know, I think it was her daughter who, who recommended us. She, she wrote to us right away. Um, I pulled up the same time the police pulled up and uh, we got to work. Yeah, so, you know, does that happen often? Is it every day that you're always out? Like I said before, is it every day that you're rescuing a, an animal? It, it basically is every day. Um, sometimes there's four or five in one day, but sometimes you can go a day or two without, um, depending on the season, the time, and you know the time of the year. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's it's what we call it spring is baby season, so it will pick up to the point where there'll be five rescues a day. Do you, do you get? Uh, and I don't mean to interrupt you right there. Do you get calls for squirrels in attics? Absolutely. You do? Yeah. How do you deal with that? I have squirrels in my attic. How do you deal? I mean, I'm very curious about this. How do you get squirrels out of someone's attic in their home? So what you want to do is you want to find the area where they're getting in. Then what you want to do is close the area where they're getting in. You want to trap the squirrels and then release them. Right? And, but, and you have to release them miles away, right? No. If, if, if they close up the area... Then, then it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. They're going to go somewhere else. You know, make sure you find their babies. Make sure you don't, um, you know leave anything behind that's gonna, you know, be Yeah, you don't want the babies in the you attic the and then you close it up and then what do you do? Right. That's the whole opposite. Is that the video you got there? Yeah, I don't see a cat video here. I'm gonna show you what we got. Play whatever, play play any video. I love these videos. I gotta tell you, I'm on your social media page. You know, some people get caught up with TikTok videos and whatnot. Do you have a TikTok page? I don't. You should. I have to tell you something. You, you know, and, and I would love to help you out with it. I would love to be a part of it, but you should have a reality show. You should do something like that because there's so many people that love animals like the way you do, the way that I do. Right. And there is nothing better than watching an animal that is in distress, like you say, that's caught up out there. And then here you are. And then it's because it's always it's always a happy ending, basically. Like, you know, what I mean, there's always some gratification to it right here. OK, what's this one that we're seeing here? This is a fun one. This was um, a deer that had a pink can stuck on its head. So when we, a paint can. Yes. Okay. So what happened was the deer uh, must have saw the paint can probably had some water in it, and the deer stuck his head in it to drink the water, and his ears got down past the, uh, the 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 brim, and it locked onto his head. So the deer couldn't see anymore. So it was wandering around on a bluff, and uh, we got the call that the deer there was a deer with a paint can on it. So I I was probably five six minutes away. It was right in my local town, Port Jeff. We flew to the scene, get there, I don't see anything. The lady's like, it was right there. I just lost the visual about a minute ago. I'm looking, I'm looking, Joe, I don't see anything. So I'm high up on a bluff, I'm on Crystal Brook Hollow Road and the bluff goes down. And uh, I look down the, the bluff just to see and what do I see? I see, the, the, I'm overlooking the water. And what do I see? In the water I see a deer swimming in circles with the bucket on its head. And where was this? It was in Port Jeff. In Port Jeff, yeah. and you said it was a cold day. It's cold. It's November. In November. Okay, here, let's see. Let's let's take a look at this video. Okay. Help you. A little closer. A little bit closer. 
That's the deer breathing, right? That's In probably the me. That's probably, That's probably me. you. Oh, okay. Once I grab this handle. A little bit more, a little bit more. Almost. What are you trying to grab there? I know. The paint can. Which I got right I got it. There. And that's when I pulled it off. Nope. She went under the boat. Okay. Yes. It's off. All right, baby. It's off. What a feeling. Oh, it was see. great. What a feeling. Who knows what this... You would have had it on forever. Nobody's taking that off. Oh, she would have died. It's off! She would have died. So... Yeah, take that off for a second. There would have been a couple situations there, Joe. So, uh, two things were happening. Um, that paint can was on her head. She didn't know she went into the water. She just came down the bluff and went into the water. If that paint can would have filled, it didn't matter if she sank or not. She was still had the strength to swim. It would have filled up. She would have just breathed it in the water. She would have been dead. Yeah. And again, like you said, nobody... Who's going out there? I'm not... If I see that deer out there in the water, I'm probably... You know, I would hope that I would, but it's not something that I'm looking to do to get out there and help this deer because, you know, I'm also thinking about myself. I'm not experienced like you are. So I would say 95% of the people won't touch that deer. Well, Joe, it was it was a shoot from the hip type rescue because I thought I was going to a rescue. I had, you know, heavy gear on. I had a vest on. I, I thought I was just going to go tack on the deer and take the can off. Um, when I saw her in the water, I slid down the bluff. I bounced off a few trees on the way down the bluff, believe it or not, because to run around the road would have taken me probably four or five minutes. So to shoot down the, the bluff was a couple seconds. So I bounced off a couple things on the way down. It was definitely too steep to walk. Yeah. I had to just slide down. I got to the bottom, I took my vest off, and I went in the water. By the time I got mid-chest, I, I had difficulty taking a breath. That's how cold the water was. I couldn't even take a breath. Wow. So I saw her and she was just going out further. I said, what am I gonna do? Swim out there, grab her and take it off? Like, and then pull her back if I need be? So I came back out of the water and I just started screaming SOS. I seen a guy with a boat and I kept screaming, screaming and he got in the boat and he came to me, picked me up, pulled me right in that boat. So that you didn't even know that person. I did not know that person. Oh, I thought maybe you would go. You, you had gone there. So whoever called that the deer is out there, and they had the boat ready for you. There wasn't. You enough had time. to improvise that whole entire thing, Joe. There would not been enough time to call in even the Coast Guard, the police department, nobody. I mean, the constables were there. There wouldn't have been enough time. Within another four or five minutes, she would have went down. She would have been dead. People don't realize how much of an asset you are to this whole entire community. I'm being uh, I'm being Thank genuine you. here because I and I really mean it because for you to do this and again, so many people run their life based on money, right? And right. and what you do. And you're not getting a red cent for going out there and doing this. It's all for non for profit. Do you ever have any of these animals that you then you know that you actually fall in love with that you rescue and then you bring back home and make it your pet? Of course. Um not a wild animal. Not a wild animal like that, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few. I mean, uh, our we have some programs that we do. Um, like when we're not doing baby season and crazy, you know, uh, springtime rescues, uh, my partner, she, she does hospice care. So what she'll do is she'll go to a local shelter and, and get an animal that has cancer that's in a shelter and is going to die in a shelter. And she'll take that animal and she'll bring it home and she'll bring it to the beach and she'll give it steak and she'll take care of the animal um, from her home and, and treat it like it's one of hers. And it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling and, and you get to see that animal have a great life and not die alone in a shelter. I, you know, I never even thought about that. My heart is breaking that as you're saying it. I never thought 
that these animals that get sick like that and they're dying in these shelters and they're, and they're dying in such a and I don't mean anything bad about the shelter but it's not it's not a place where you know you would consider any animal would want to be and and who is this who's doing this this is your girlfriend uh nope she's the uh, mother of my child and my best friend Erica Kutzi. Hey, look, that's a great story right there in its yeah. own right there. Yeah. Best friend yeah. and the mother of your child. Not too many people are able to say something like that. Good yes. for you, by the way. Thanks. That's something that takes a lot of work. Yep. You know what I mean? And a lot of you know ego in the back pocket. So I, I commend you for that. Absolutely. Thanks. But I love that she's doing that. She's going there. And, you know, and that's a very hard thing to do, too, because you have to have a big heart. And but you know you could get attached to these animals, and you're basically bringing them, bringing them back to the house to die. Right. I mean, that's something else. Yeah. Hard, right. Yeah. It's that's big, heartbreaking. It's a big part of what Strong Island does. We have a wide array of things that we do. I mean, it's we have we're like ADD of rescue. Like we don't just do pit bulls. We don't just do wildlife. We do everything. Were you ever married? No, I wasn't. So you had you had a child with her. Yes. Were you guys together when you had the child? Yes. And you. Did you start doing Strong Island together? We did. We did. We uh, we actually worked together in another rescue that we were with, and then uh, we started Strong Island together, and then uh, we had a child, and we still run this the show together. It's great. How does that? You know, how do you how do you work that out? You guys decide that you don't want to be together, but you have a child together, and you also have Strong Island together. Yeah, which is yeah. like another baby. Yeah, right? make sure you just get closer to the mic. Yeah, well, you can bring it closer to you. Move it. Yeah, so you're, okay. you're sitting okay. there. Yeah, yeah. So. You know that's got to be an awkward conversation. Hey, listen, um, the child stays with you, or I get the you know I get the business, or how do you how are you able to be adults about that and actually, you know, work that out? You know, we we argue about tons of things, but not that. Um, when it comes to me, my daughter's name is Shay. Um, I get her whenever you know I want. She she when she's working, she she you know she has a pet sitting business. Uh, when she's working, I have Shay. Shay comes on rescues with me. I mean, it, it's it's great. And she has a pet sitting business. Yeah, she does. You want, why don't you give some details about that if people ever wanted to use her? You know, okay. do you have the information? Is there a website that you guys use? Is there a phone number that they can call? Um, email address or anything? Sure, sure. She's um, the name of the business is only the best for your pets, and her cell phone number is six three one three seven nine thirty five twenty. Yeah, that's great. That's such a yeah. You know what you guys are doing is so amazing to me. Like I I love love animals if i see an animal like at, at the store you know especially now that home depot and say lowe's you're allowed to bring in dogs there i just love going up to them i love everything about them what are some of your favorite pets like you know what type of dog breed do you do you have dogs now in your I, home of course i do what kind of dogs do you have i have pit bulls i have all pit bulls. Pit bulls. no i have a chihuahua i have a chihuahua yeah. and a pit bull i love it yeah why pit bulls um they because they're the underdog you know they're the ones that everybody um basically doesn't want they're the ones that you know everyone looks up, down upon and they're such amazing dogs and they're so loyal and i love them it's a great breed but tell people about that you know that will eventually be watching this right there's so many so much misinformation about a pit bull yeah because you see them always they're the dogs that are on tv that are biting the children right, right. why do we see pit bulls doing that and say not a german shepherd doing that is there is it because of their Demeanor? Is there something about a pit bull, or is it just a misconception about pit bulls? It's a misconception. Number one, there's so many more pit bull breeds out there than there are German Shepherds and everything else, um, because people are backyard breeding them, people are in you know inbreeding them, they're mating them with their sisters and their brothers. So there's sometimes there's a mental you know incapacity. Uh, they're very loyal dogs. They're um, 
they're the type of dog that um, you have to have dog, dog experience with. So if you get a pit bull and you don't have dog experience and you're not alpha with that dog, the dog will take that alpha spot. And then people put them in crates, they don't know how to control them, they don't know what to do with them, and these dogs become unruly. And it's not due to the dog. The dog, if it had proper guidance and, and a good owner, it wouldn't have this problem. But it's it's basically the owners that make the dog the problem. Talk to us about that whole alpha thing, about training a dog and having a dog. How important is that? Uh, you, you with With certain dogs, they pick up the personalities of their of their people and and they get away with what you let them get away with um with a pit bull if you don't show dominance and show that you know you're in charge that dog will take charge it will do that it will okay and how many pit bulls do you have um right now i have three three pit bulls yeah i used to have eight <laughs> I used, really yeah Eight pit yeah. bulls in your house. I mean, do you have a big enough property that you could house these type of animals? Yeah, I got a half acre, so it's it's cool. uh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I love that. Yeah. And um, I mean, are you looking to get any more? Do you have any other pets besides dogs? Um, I have a parrot. You know, uh, an iguana. No know? cats though. Um, nope, no cats. Why? You know, you're you're rescuing a lot of cats, right. obviously. Why no cats though? Is there something that you just don't personally want to have them in the house? Well, it's not that I wouldn't want them in the cat house. I love cats. Um, it's just that sometimes there's the dogs and the cats don't get along, you know. Uh, and you don't want to have any kind of accidents. You don't want to have, you know. And some of these pit bulls that I get, they're not really the uh, the ones that um, are, are are so uh, so good, you know. Yeah, like, the, the, to, to be around cats, right? Yeah, I like, understand. They, they they've had a you know rough life, some of them, you know, and and they've already this is already instilled in them. They have a high prey drive. They're you know some of them are, are ex attack dogs and and such not. You know, a lot of people say don't get a don't get a purebred, go to the shelter, and rescue an animal. I agree. Right? You, a lot of people. Why do you say that? Why you know because I look at it. The, the counter is well, somebody's got it. You know, these other dogs, they're dogs too, and they need a home. Right? I mean, right. if right, I mean if when you say that it's not like everyone's going to do it, right? So there's but there are so many dogs in shelters that need homes and like we said before, if those dogs don't get homes, when the new ones come in, their numbers coming up. So they're going to get euthanized. So they need a home. They need to find somewhere. A lot of people are pulling dogs from other states and bringing them here. And what about the dogs in our local shelters? It's it's tough. It's it's you can get so deep into this and and figure things out that uh it's just a tough situation. So, so tell me about your, you know, your usual day. What time do you usually wake up? Uh, six thirty, seven o'clock. Six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, yep. right? And give us like a regular day. You, you get out, you're up. Do you go right over to, you know, do you have first of all, does does your shelter? Do you have a, a physical presence at all, or is it just you know the rescue? and you just do it? Like, do you have a a shelter that has dogs and everything like that right now that you're housing? No, nope, nothing like that right now. We have we have a cat shelter right now um, that we take care of the cats, but we really don't aren't housing many dogs right now. Okay, and is that something that you're eventually going to do or something that you'd wanna do? I, you know, I, and the reason why I ask is I would be, I'm surprised that you don't have a shelter of your own that you're managing and doing everything to because if you get these animals and, you know, you could house them there first and then try to find them a home. Is it something that you ever thought about? Well, we just acquired a property, but we have to, you know, get more financially situated before we can go ahead and get the permits and get everything needed to start operating. So we're, we're taking things one step at a time. This is baby season. We don't want to clog things up. We know that we have to be on our 
A game, and we know that these animals are going to need help. When we want some downtime, November, December, we'll start applying for our permits and start getting our stuff. What would you say? Because it's baby season, right? Meaning right. these these animals are, you know, having babies, yes. so to speak. But why is it so much different than why is it, be, is it because these babies get caught? Are you, are you rescuing a lot of baby animals? Yes. Is so, that what it so is? So what's going to be happening is kittens are going to be born on the decks. Opossums are going to drop babies off their back. Opossums are going to get hit by cars. Uh, raccoons are going to get trapped and their babies are going to be stuck up in attics. There's going to be so many different calls for so many different things that these little babies are going to get themselves in trouble with. And we got to be there to help them. Eric, you have that horse video ready? Let's watch this one. Tell us about this video that we're about to watch right now. This is a horse in a ditch. You get the call, you know, and when was this? This was uh, a few months ago. A few months ago. And, and and tell us before we play the video, what, what are we about to watch here? All right, so what we're about to watch is an older horse uh, that had slipped and fallen on, on ice. Um, it wasn't able to get up. It was getting exhausted. It was getting stressed. And you watch a community come together, fire departments, police departments, animal rescuers, and we were able to all help this horse get up, warm him up, and uh, get him, you know, back to his normal life. Do you, do you, let me ask you this though, before you, you know, do you do research about these animals, like on your, like downtime, because you know, if you might have to encounter something that you know about their demeanor, or is again, is this just, you know, Frankie instincts and he gets there and it just takes, you know, that takes over. Well, sure, of course, I, I know certain things about it, but when it comes to rehabbing or doing that type of stuff, we have people that we bring them to. We have facilities that, that, that specialize in that. I'm more of like um, the rescue. I'm more of the guy that, that'll get the animal out of the situation and then the person that's going to nurse them back and give them their fluids and give them their antibiotics and, and take care of that is That's the, up to them. That's up to them. That's the rehabilitation center. All right. Let's watch this video. Where are you? I'm on the other end of the, the rope. On the left? Yes. I love it. I love I love that you're doing it, man. Yeah. I really am. And like I said before, if you could stop that, Eric. And like I said before, I think and, and I'm not, you know, saying that you should capitalize on it because you love what you're doing, and maybe there's going to be there will be more issues then, and then maybe it would turn into a job. But for you not to have like maybe a reality show, for you not to be able to profit off of what you're doing, to me, I, I just I, I don't get it because I think there will be so many people that would love to watch what you do on a daily basis. And I'm talking about, you know, seeing these animals, loving how you care for them, that you're there, you have no fear at all, you're jumping onto these deers, you're on the water, you're saving raccoons and trees. I mean, it's amazing, I'm surprised. And you said, how long, you've been doing this since 2006? Oh yeah, definitely. And I'm surprised that you never, you know, no one's even even come up to you and offered you that. Yeah, like I said, Joe, we're, we're super busy, we're, um we, would we, you, would probably, you would you do it? Yeah, we would probably do something like that. We, we we missed a lot of opportunities. I think uh, sometimes we look in our inbox and say, "Oh boy, look at this! This person was trying to reach out to us. Oh, this new place wanted us to come down." And we you know we miss it sometimes. But um, it, it's we're not upset because we're doing what we love to do, and 
we're getting it done. Yeah. So if people needed your help, how would they be able to reach out to you? How do they get, you know, how do they get in touch with Strong Island Rescue? Uh, Strong Island has um, a hotline number, which is for emergencies. We have Facebook, which people uh, use for tags and stuff like that. So every time I check my phone, I see I have a tag or somebody calls me personally or they hit me up on Messenger. It's just it, the calls come from all different angles, but they they come. How do you have a how do you have a relationship? Are you are right now? Are you dating anyone right now? No, because I would think that it would be difficult for them to understand that they are not going to be first. Oh, of course, it's very difficult. Right? It's very difficult. Do you have? Is that something that you find difficult to deal with? You know, when you when you are dating someone or you're meeting someone new? Yeah, it, it was difficult. Um, you know, you, you get a call and you're supposed to be going out to dinner and you're dressed in the you know, like you're going out, and next thing you know, you're you're pulling a jar off a raccoon's head. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you think they're going out to a dinner. Oh, it happens. Again, it she's happens. all dressed up to yeah. the nine. You know, and you she got makeup on and everything, and then all of a sudden, and she, and, and she's sitting there looking at a watch. You know, and I was supposed to be there at nine, and now it's nine thirty-six. And or how about even when you're right there with her, getting dressed, and you're like, listen, babe, I'll be right back. Be right back. I got a raccoon <laughs> up in the tree, up in uh, Great Neck. Yeah. You know, I'll be back. Is that something else? I mean, are you all over the island, or is it mainly Suffolk County? I try to stay within twenty-five miles of Port Jeff, so in any direction. So, Do you ever think about, um, is there any subsidies that, that the state would be able to, like, you know, or grants? Just And the reason why I'm asking that, not for-profit-wise, I'm talking about maybe you wanted to expand your operation so there's more help. Like, maybe you have, like, four or five employees that that are actually getting paid and they come there, and it's not necessarily that you have to make money to pay them, but the state is granting you that money, so you're out there and you're able to stay afloat and you're able to have these people paid, and now you're not in a 25-mile radius. Now you're in a 50-mile radius yeah. or maybe a 75-mile radius. Of course. That would be great. You know, um, We need to get some, some managing skills like that and start spreading out and talking to people and having more meetings. But like I said, when I do have these meetings set up sometimes, I'll get a phone call, and next thing you know, you're on a rescue, and... You get back to the person two days later after all the media and all the you know vetting and taking care of the animal, and it's just it, it doesn't really. Uh... How is that when the media comes right? And, and here you are, his Frankie. He's getting. Do you get when you know the cameras are on you? Yeah. And people are watching. Yeah. Is that even make the juice, the adrenaline even more? Joe, it feels like normal life to me. I mean. Um, when they interview me, they're like, this was so easy. Like, we didn't have to tell you where to look. We have to. They, they know, I just know, I know the routine. I mean, we've, we've done hundreds of rescues on, on the news, and that's what we do. do. Do a couple of the rescues stick out? I mean, before we started the show, you said that you had to rescue a cat, and then you still don't have feelings in your finger. Tell me about that one real quick. Okay, so that call also came in from a police department. Um, there was a cat with a snap trap, which is actually used for like fox and raccoon. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a trap like that, that when they step in the middle, it, it, it grabs them. And the cat had that on its leg. And then I guess when the cat was on the woman's deck, it went to jump off and it got stuck in the tree. In the Y of a tree, the trap was actually stuck on its leg. So when I came to the situation, um, I was gonna grab the cat and try to lift it up to get the cat out, but the cat turned and bit me hard on this arm. Where, where exactly, right there uh, on your elbow? Up here, right here, you'll probably see the one, two, three, four. Okay. So when it hit me here, that was it. I felt like an electrocution, and this finger and this finger went totally numb. I got this one back, but this one's dead. Really? Completely. So they, I went to the doctor and they're like, all right, you know, um, Let's get you in through a surgeon. Let's do this. I don't have time for that. <laughs> and then you're out. We're going to be out of commission for six weeks. Yeah, Who's do doing? That. You can't do anything. Right. I, and 
you know, I, you know what it is. The reason why I'm so amazed is because I want you, I want more people to know about you. I want because what you're doing. I wish there was more people. I wish this whole world was, you know, had people like you in it because the heart, your heart, is such a, you know, it's so big. And it's just nothing filled with love to be able to go do that. And you're doing these for animals. So it's not like these animals are sitting there thanking you afterwards and saying, hey, can I buy you a drink? Right. You know what I mean? Right. They're gone. Right. That deer that you rescued with the pretzel container, you're never seeing that deer again. Right. That deer's not going to email you or post on Facebook and say, hey, I just want to give a shout out to Frankie for helping me out today. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I mean, but, it, but yet you get up. And you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. Yes. And I think there should be more gratitude. That's why I keep saying, is there any way that you, you know, to be on a reality show, or is there any way that you can make money? Because I feel like, you know, and I think anyone who watches you, anyone who knows you and sees these videos or follows you on social media feels like you're not getting enough credit. You're not getting enough due, but... I mean, do you ever sit there and say that? Do you ever sit there and say, you know what, man, I, I'm, I'm doing a lot here, and I don't think I'm being recognized for what I'm doing. I, I don't think like that, Joe. What I, what I think of is, you know, the animals are getting their fair shot, and um, I'm the one that's going to do it. I mean, I, I'll be honest. There's been times that I, uh, I lost my dog last week. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, one of my personal dogs. She was with me for 13 years. She, um, she had. Look at a, you, you're tearing up a little bit. Yeah, she had a bleed, and and um, you know it was upsetting. And I remember I, I saw this call come in, and it was like six o'clock, and I saw like the responses on it, and and on Facebook, and like five other. They were saying they were contacting like five other people. I'm like, it's an easy rescue. They they're gonna handle it, you know. And then at like nine o'clock. I, I just happened to look at my messenger again and I saw the lady like had messaged me in my other box. So I, I hit it and I said, hey, all work out? And she said, oh my God, thank God you're the only one answering. So none of these, all the other places closed at five o'clock, they were done. They were done. And they were gonna leave this seagull with a broken wing outside to just be ripped apart by a raccoon. And I'm grieving my dog right now and I'm like, do I need this? And I remember I, I called up Erica and I'm like, nobody else is going. I'm like, so guess who's going? I'm like, I'm gonna go. And she's like, just relax, you went through a lot today. I was like, I'm just gonna go get the seagull, get him to the hospital, it'll be fine. And I went there and sure enough, he was behind the shed and I ended up getting him. Nobody else went, Joe, nobody. There was tags and messages and, and they said they left voicemails with other rescues, they called other people and nobody went. So if I don't do it, who's gonna do it? I know, it's a big burden though. You have a lot of riding on that. I mean, how do you deal with that every day that you know that nobody else is going to do it? I mean, this, this, this is controlling your entire life. Of course, and, but let me tell you something. What would have been worse? Me getting up, giving a half hour to drive to get this animal and, and giving it a fair chance or, or, or trying to go to sleep at night and laying there saying, did that thing just get shredded by a raccoon and I could have stopped it? Ain't happening on my clock. I got up, I did it, I got the job done, I'm on to the next thing. And what about the seagull? Did it have a broken wing? Had a broken wing, yeah. How do you deal with that then? I, I mean, because now you, you let it go, and now it's almost as if it, it'll die anyway, right? Because it can't fly? But it won't be suffered, right? It, it, won't, it won't be suffering. It, it, won't, it won't be it, eaten alive. Right, right. It, they, they would humanely euthanize and take care of the situation from there. Yeah, okay, right. I understand. Right, So, but at least it's not just left in a ditch somewhere to starve to death or, or, or you know, a slow suffering death or, or to die in fear. Animals have fear. How'd you get over your, you know, and again, I'm sorry about it because I have, like I said, I have two German Shepherds and 
I probably love them more than I love my girlfriend, <laughs> to be honest with you. I actually say my dogs are, and then my daughter and then my girlfriend. I say, I'm sorry, you're on the you're fourth on the list here. Yeah. But these two dogs, I mean, they depend on me every day. I take them out, you know, and they're working dogs. And, you know, you know, to hear that you just lost your dog and I see you tearing like that, you know, right. I, I know that really, um, it sucks, to be honest with you. It does. How do you get over something like that? Did you, you know, do you go out and you get another a pet? Do you let it grieve for a little bit? I, I'm trying to grieve it, you know. Um, I know that when I rescued animals, it's in her honor, you know, and um, I just try to keep dogs having a good life. I mean, she was rescued out of, out of a, a dumpster, you know, with her three siblings uh, dead in a bag. She was thrown in a bag, you know, she was in a plastic bag thrown in a dumpster with three siblings and herself, and she survived, and she lived with me. Um, she definitely had, she must have been, you know, inbred or something because she had a, a high aggression for other animals. So it was, it was a tough uh, rescue, you know, and, and, and I kept her with me and, and gave her the best life and, and she died, you know, in my arms. So is that something that with inbreeding, you know, I don't know too much about it. So when you do the inbreeding like that, there's going to be some type of brain malfunction or something that's not right or some type of aggressiveness because of that. Sometimes, I mean, you know, I, I'm. I really don't know the full medical behind that, but yeah, that could happen. Eric, you have another video pulled up there? I saw something. It looked yeah, like... I just have his Facebook on the uh, TV if you wanted to give him a plug. Oh, yeah, let me, let's me let take a look at that. You have And you have videos that we could play right there. Can you play the videos on Facebook? Yeah. Let's see what you got here. You know, again, how do they reach out to you? If people wanted to reach out to Long Island Rescue, what's the phone number that they would call? Um, I, have, I sent you a card, Joe, if you want to show that picture. I don't know the, the I, Oh, you don't have the number off the top yet? No. And you're not giving your stuff, so it's not your cell phone. Well, you know what? It rings on my cell phone because it's, oh, it's, 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 it's a Google, a Google Voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I sent you the card if you have. If what, you can, what about, a, do you have any website? We do. We have a website where we sell gear. Uh, we sell hats. Well, how do you get to the website then? What is that? It's uh, strongislandanimalrescueleague.org. Dot org. Okay. Yep. And you're selling shirts. I want a shirt. I'll buy a shirt. Don't worry about it. I'll get my own shirt. As soon as you walked in, I said, oh, I like that. Awesome. I was like, that's something that I would love to do. Um, so you have the website and, you know, again, you have, is there an email address that you know off the top of your head? The girls handle all that stuff. Look I, at you. I, yeah, I do the rest. How many people you have working for you? Probably, probably about 10. 10 people. Yeah. And, and is it full time? Just make sure you're talking to the mic there again. Uh, no, it's not really full time. They, they get there when they can. You know. Oh, uh, and here's here it is. Strong Island Rescue. Oh, there's the cat video right there. Yes. Eric, right there on the yeah, let's see if we is that what we could play there? Look at this. Here we go. And this is the one where the lady was allergic, the homeowner, yes. right? And this is where in you this one's going viral basically, you said, right? Yeah. Are you able to play it? Oh, we're having some technical difficulties there. Well, let us know if that gets played there. So again, you have 10 people that are working for you. Yep. Right? How do you do it? What do you do you put out a flyer like on Craigslist or something like that or on social media that way we're looking for volunteers? Oh, uh, we really don't do it like that. People just, you know, say, "Hey, I, how do we get involved? How do we do this?" You know, sometimes we'll um they'll foster a dog for us or they'll end up transporting some animals for us and they'll be like, "We love this organization. We want to help." Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. people want to be involved. Yeah. And there we go. There's uh something there. Let's see here. So there's the cat hooked. What is it hooked up to there on the fence? It actually, the, the, the top of the fence was spaced out. So it probably when it went to jump, it slipped and its legs went down. And oh, it, and it got caught there. Oh, man. Just yeah. think about all the splinters somebody would get for doing it. Right. Is it able to play, Eric? Well, a cat rescued from a fence in Corum this morning. A resident says she heard the cat crying for help. She called Suffolk police who brought in Frankie Floridia from Strong Island Rescue. And with the help from one of the officers, Frankie 
freed the cat from the fence. Look at his little paws in the fence, poor thing. The animal is getting treated for a cut on his leg because they had to get his leg out of that fence. And we're not sure if the cat has an owner or if it's a stray. Look at you. Well, a cat rescue. Look at you. I love it. I love what you're doing. Thanks, bud. Uh, yeah, I really do. And I, listen, man, I would love for you to come back on when you, you know, maybe in a couple of months or so like that, because I love everything you're doing and I want to help you out as much as possible. Absolutely. I want to get that word out there. And is there anything that I can do to help? I mean, do you take donations? Do you have a donation page or anything like that? We do. We have a donation link. Uh, we usually put up things that, you know, for each specific animal that comes into the rescue, it'll say to donate towards his care or to donate towards our cause. Do you do that before I let you go here? Is that something that you do? So let's just say you rescue that animal right there, right? And that animal doesn't have a home. Right. I don't know. You know, I mean, it's a stray cat. Obviously, it wasn't the homeowner's cat. Do you have something that then when you take that cat, you post it on, say, Facebook, and then say, hey, listen, this, this, this animal's up for adoption? Do you do any of that type of stuff? Of course, of course. I mean, that cat, we're looking for the owner, right? Uh, it was a friendly cat. Usually, they're not that that easy to take off a fence. <laughs> oh, obviously, got no, <laughs> still can't have any feelings in your pinky. So, right. yeah, I guess so. Right. That, that was um, a determination that I made by assessing it. Um, it, it could have been a, a lot worse. Could have been the cat could have attacked me. But anyway, we're going to try to find that cat at home. But yes, it costs money to bring it to the vet. It costs money for an x-ray. It costs money. Who's for, paying for that? We pay for that. Wait a second. So you're not making any money, any profit off of this at all. Right. But yet you will bring it to the vet and you're paying for the vet bill. Well, for the most part, we'll ask for donations and the donations don't cover it. Yes, we'll have to lay it out. But for the most part, it does cover it. You don't have anything worked out with, say, a certain veterinarian? Of course we do. The veterinarians, uh, they work with us. They give us a rescue discount. So we get discounts and stuff like that. So it's not like we're coming in you know, like a regular person and getting charged for an appointment or for stuff like that. So they, they work with us they, and they give us good discounts. There's the donation page right there, right? Yes. On the screen there. Look at that. And who, where'd you get that, um, click here to donate. Where'd you get that logo from? I love it. And that's a, is, what, what is that? That's a pit bull. It's a pit bull, yes. Of course. Yep. Of course it is. And the Superman emblem. Is that one of your <laughs> dogs or is that just, you know, a, you know, any type of, you know, logo right there? Yeah, it's my dog bear. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you call bear. Yeah, yeah. I have my uh, one of my German shepherds. We call a fezzy bear. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. And again, you don't have that email address, but I'll post that. I'll do all those links. I'll tie them all in on Perfect. the show. And um, how do they reach on Facebook? Is it you know how do they get in touch with you? Would they just look up Strong Island An Animal Rescue, or they go onto your personal page? How do yeah, they? Strong Island Animal Rescue League. A lot of people that follow that also follow my personal page. My personal page, you know, we'll have stuff with my daughter and my cars as well, but. Um, I don't mind people. I, I have 5,000 friends. I can't accept any more. Oh, look at you. Yeah, so. Uh, That's what I'm saying, Frankie, man. Yeah. You got something going here. Yeah. You know, and it's not even about maybe, because again, you don't look like the guy that's the money guy. It doesn't it doesn't care. You don't care about it. It's all about the passion. Right. Which is infectious just to begin with when you hear that, because you don't meet people like that. But I think that you could even make it even bigger. Forget about the money-wise, because I think when people see you, they will gravitate towards you. They would love everything that you're doing because there's not, there's just one Frankie, like you said. Right. There's only one guy that's answering that phone, getting that seagull, <laughs> sleeping with that phone on its chest. Not because it's because of the, his kid. It's because government, somebody, some animals caught in a tree or something like that. Right. And I absolutely love it. Awesome. I really do. And I, you know, and I hope that you come back sometime again. Absolutely, Joe. I love it. This All is right. Great. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. We'll awesome. wrap it up here. Okay.